Hello, my indigenous creatures. Do you like that one? <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 62. I am Trev, and we have two special hosts with me this week. Uh, fucking Bushes couldn't come back into Canada, something he stuck at customs. I don't know why, but he went to Phoenix, Arizona this week, and we'll next week we'll uh, we'll let him share his story. But with me this week, I have my brother Sean and my other bro, Buddy. What's up, boys? Not too much. Oh, not much. Just relaxing, watching the hockey game this evening before I go back to work tomorrow. Living the life. Yeah. Uh, a lab. What am I doing? Land acknowledgement. Uh, Spud and I, we are on Treaty Three territory, home of Spud. And then all his cousins and aunties and his uncles. Well, Sean is on Treaty 9 territory, home of the Cree and OJ Crees and OJ Boys. I'm pretty sure there's a Joe Boys there in Treaty 9. Swampy Cree. So. I like the OJ Crees here. Yeah. Like Constance. Well, Constance Slake, like in Webaquay. I think all those northern communities are OJ Crees. OJ Crees. Confused. <laughs> just kidding guys so yeah uh thanks you guys for joining us joining me while bush is away somewhere so uh our we'll guest for board security huh said so maybe you'll see him on border security that tv show here. oh yeah on uh history channel <laughs> but i am a creature indigenous creature he'll say uh our guest for episode 62 is Trey Bunn. Uh, Trey is from... She is from Birdtail Sioux, Dakota Nation. Trey is currently playing for the University of Manitoba Bison's women's team. And she just uh, finished playing a couple games. She was on the IR for a couple weeks. So, it's uh, yeah, it was fun, fun time t- talking hockey with her. Because uh, of the week, because of the week for... <laughs> 62 is uh, actually her boyfriend, Jose Mamaqua. Uh, he is from Kingfisher Lake First Nation, but resides in good old Sulacote, Ontario. Thanks, guys, for uh, for all your support. We really appreciate it. What is so funny when I said Sulacote? Oh, you said good old Sulacote. Uh, look at Spud's fucking chin there. He's just putting me to shave. I'm gonna have to shave one. No, <laughs> I thought I thought I was growing up pretty good, but no. They're just these guys are just looking at each other's goatee and <laughs> just comparing it. <laughs> How long have you been growing your goatee, Spud? A couple of years. I haven't shaved in about a year and a half. To... Are you gonna braid it? I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs. You guys have any shout outs for episode 62? I'd like to give a shout out to my niece. She made the uh, TA Saints team. They um, <clears throat> won a couple weeks ago in Winnipeg. All right, on. Tournament, yeah, and they've been doing, doing, doing pretty good so far. All right, on. That's awesome. They have a good coach with Dave Turner at TA. My uh, old timer uh, teammate. What about you there, Sean? 
Should he go to uh, <laughs> uh, to the Timmons Falcons, our niece Georgia? She's the only indigenous player on the team this year. So she's on second line center. What did they call Bantam again? What U fifteen? Yeah, eh? Or U sixteen? So confusing. They should just call it Bantam and Peely again. And two win, and he had four points, one goal. All because that uh, discriminates against small people. That's why. You totally cut out, man. Your internet sucks. Are you sitting in a McDonald's doing the show? Now I can't hear you. Sean's freezing. Usually, last time it was Spuddy that was freezing, but now it's Sean. Sean totally froze. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what Bantam is. I want to see. It's. I think it's U fifteen, eh? Yeah, because Mitch is U-17. Yeah, U-17. Yeah. Yeah. Sean's totally gone. <laughs> oh. uh, I have a question for you, buddy. Austin Matthews not fighting against the Flyers the other week, last week. Should superstars have to fight their own battles? I was, I was thinking about this when you sent this to me, and it's kind of like the no right or wrong answer because, like, people pay to go watch these guys, like, light teams up, right? And, and then what if they break their hand or something and they're out? Yeah. I don't know. If it's, yeah, it's kind of – there's no no right or wrong. But, like, back in the 80s, 90s, you never saw Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, anyone fight superstar. Joe Sackick never had to fight because he had Chris Simon – he had Jeff Rogers. He had heavyweights that that did the fighting for him. But I just I uh, Matthews did did the right thing. He didn't fight back. Why why yeah. fuck up your hands and break your break something else? Just trying to fight. You got Simmons. You got good old Giordano sticking up for his teammates. Yeah. But, uh, we're hockey fans. Pay big bucks to watch these superstars score and not not fight. That's why you have role players. That's why each team should bring back enforcers for them to stick up for their teammates and in, in the fight. Yeah, yeah. Leafs need a guy like um, like Wilson or something like. Not so much like a goon, but at least you know has skill to chuckle if he has to. You know who's been playing really good is Lucic. I think he'd be going to leaves. He could still score well once in a while, but he can still hit and intimidate the shit right of out of everyone else, right? Yeah. I mean, Tom Wilson will be good too, but I think the price tag would be totally high for him. But yeah, Matthews did the right thing by not dropping the gloves. Why fight? Why fight some no-name guy and risk yourself at getting hurt? So, for those who said that Matthews was a wimp for not fighting, who cares? The guy scored 60 goals, man. I don't think he's going to care about not dropping the gloves. It's not his role. It's not his job. His job is to think, goals. I, I think last year he was off for a bit, right? Because he had to get his uh, his wrist Repaired, yeah, 
Yeah. But but yeah, it just kind of kind of bugged me when people said, "Oh, he should have fought. He should have did this." But that's not his job. It's not his role. And yeah. oh, Sean just left us his shitty little iPod. He uh, took our call or took uh, our show on his iPod. So I don't know if it's working. His iPod Mini, <laughs> the first gen. Yeah, this really big iPod. Yeah. Uh, okay, another question. With Bear getting traded to Vancouver, which was a cool trade, I'm really I was I was for that trade. Did Bear take away playing time from Keeper because they're both right-handed defensemen, right? And now Keeper's playing in Abbotsford, uh, the Canucks AHL team. So did Bear take away playing time from Brady Keeper? I'd say, yeah, because they didn't give him a fair shot from bringing him up before signing Bear. They they just kind of panicked, signed him. Yeah. I think that like Bear, what is he? He's like maybe a five six defenseman, so he's kind of uh he was that in Carolina, so maybe he'll move up, but I think it just made keeper like lower in the food chain, unfortunately. I must wonder yeah. if Bear feels bad. Like shit, here I am the five six defenseman and keeper was supposed to be the five six defenseman. And I kind of just took his job away. Yeah. Maybe they'll play against each other in the Freddy and it's like, fucker took my job. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, would you ever get a Bear Canucks jersey? No. I get the 90s retro one. They're the black. And just get increased syllabics. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Sean, thanks for joining us. What happened to your iPod? My headphones died, so I had to go charge them, and then it wouldn't let me go back on. I'm not very techy. I'm not, I'm not an office person, so. What kind of internet do you have? Your neighbors? <laughs> Tim Hortons. You have uh, Starlink? Yeah, right. It's not here. It get stolen in this neighborhood. Where are where where are you right now? I'm in the kitchen at at our sister's. Oh, you're in Timmins. I was yeah, kind of hoping you would say a town name, and he just goes in the kitchen. This <laughs> 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 <Just> fucking <laughs> really specific. Yeah. I asked Bud while you were fixing your iPod. Austin Matthews not fighting against the Flyers. Should superstars have to fight, or that's why you have role players? Well, I'm not going to pay you $12 million to go from break your hand if you get in a fight. That's what I think. So that's a no. No, you're paid $12 million to score a role, so not in a fight. Exactly. Mm. They should bring back enforcers. Bring back goons, like goons that could skate. Throw away that instigator rule and just let them fight. If some guy's being a a jerk with his stick and let them fight. Bring back the bring back the enforcer. Bring back the guys that will have 300, 400 penalty minutes. 
It's kind of pathetic now that you see guys winning, well, not winning, but getting the most penalty minutes on a team, and they only have like a hundred. That's pretty shitty. He used to have a hundred, like not even after ten games in a year. <laughs> you mean like players like Ryan Reeves, like yeah, like like, like him, like Lucic, uh, well, Kyle Clifford on the Leafs. Like he knows his role. His role's the crash and bang and cause shit and cause a ruckus and fight when needed. He knows his role. Why put him in the fourth line? Let him sit for three minutes. I mean, play three minutes. But that's what I think. Just bring back the bring back the fighters. Someone will have to has to fight on the team to protect their superstars. I like watching the fast pace though. Well, that's why I said just have a guy who can skate, but just fight, right? Well, Lucic can can kind of skate. What is he like six five, six three, like two twenty? It's like Spudman, just solid. <laughs> so, uh, what else? Uh, oh yeah, I can a First Nation own an NHL team? Do you think that's ever possible? I mean, I would think so. Nowadays, you get a lot of these First Nations that are have so many different businesses, so many. Investments that they're they're loaded. Like, should they can say like three reserves team up and it's like let's buy an NHL team? Actually, that would be pretty interesting to see. Like that uh, that native guy from Six Nation, he owns the lacrosse team in Buffalo, I think, or something like that. The Buffalo Bandits. Yeah, <clears throat> he owns the lacrosse team. It'd be cool. I can see it happening. I mean, I think he's the one that owns like Sago and DKs and all that. No, and that's he passed away. That was Lawrence's friend. Oh, yeah. He passed away like two years ago now. I guess you didn't see that. No, no I don't keep up with the news. <laughs> Fuck. Like, see, I didn't find out. Thursday that the schools are going on strike. So you probably sent eight in the school on Friday, no school. <laughs> Poor kids yeah. standing outside in the cold, just snowing. What are you like, doing home? I kind of use home. Like I had a good laugh. Like our, our uh, four-year-old niece had to come home with all her garbage. And she's in JK. Yeah. Yeah, because the custodians were on strike. But I guess they're going back to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I didn't last long. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Let's freaking go to our interview with Trey. So let's go. Hello. Uh, for episode 62, Res Hockey would like to introduce our guest. She is from Bird Birdtail Sioux, Dakota Nation, and Wamp Wampum, Manitoba. See, I knew I was gonna butcher something, sure enough. <laughs> uh Res Hockey would like to introduce our guest, Trey Bund. Welcome to the show, Trey. 
thanks for having me <laughs> it always happens like no matter what i always have to butcher it's either someone's name or the or where they're from it never fails <laughs> um yeah let's get started how did you get started in hockey um so my uncle so my grandfather he played hockey growing up and so did my dad and then my dad ended up building a rink in my backyard for me when I was just three years old so he just threw skates on me when I was three and like put me out in our backyard and I've been playing ever since so it's been quite the journey approaching like 20 years of playing the game but <laughs> yeah no I started young and it's it's kind of just been always a huge part of my life you played hockey in Warroad, Minnesota. It's pretty much uh, famous for being such a small town, but a big hockey community and has a rich hockey history. Um, living in Manitoba, how was it going? Did you go back and forth from Manitoba to Warroad and whatnot? Yeah, so like the closest hockey program, um, even for when I was like getting, like first started playing hockey when I was five, like the closest hockey program was Warroad. So like, any hockey program in Canada would have been like an hour, an hour drive away easily. And then world's like 25 minutes tops. So yeah, my parents would drive me across the board <laughs> every day back and forth. And like, there's so many times too, like, it's really nice. Like I feel fortunate to have started my hockey career in world. Like they have open hockey. So they have two rinks, the Olympic arena and the gardens arena and the Olympic arena is almost open like 24 hours. And like, you can just go and skate like anytime you want, like, any day of the week so there's so many times on the weekends my parents would just drop me off there for hours and <laughs> they like shinny and just scrimmage each other and it was it was such a cool experience and like even too you might uh Damon Gardner was on the show um, yeah a few weeks back and I grew up playing hockey with um his sister uh, Mariah and Demi so I remember my dad and then their dad Vince Gardner would um get us up at 5 a.m. and we'd go skate before school in Warroad. So my dad would be getting up at 5 a.m. driving me across the border to go skate with the gardeners <laughs> at the Olympic arena. So, yeah, no, that was a co super cool experience being able to grow up playing hockey in Warroad. With the amount of times that you crossed the U.S.-Canadian border, did uh, customs officer officers get get to know you and just kind of, oh, okay, it's, it's Trey, we'll let him, let him go by? Yeah, so many times. Yeah, it's it was nice, too, because I was actually born in the U.S., too, just because, like, the closest hospital was in Minnesota. So I was born there. So I'm a dual citizen, so I have my U.S. passport. So just show the U.S. passport and they kind of <laughs> consider, consider me a citizen who, at that point, like, I started going to school in World too. So for a long time, it was like I was going home and sleeping in Canada, but going to school, playing <laughs> hockey, doing everything else across the border. So That's neat. Uh, after War Road, uh, you went to the east coast and played for the boston shamrocks at a jwhl how was that experience uh playing in boston yeah that was a really unique experience i left home when i was like only 17 um and i just my parents sent me off to boston and i ended up living in this really big house uh in a suburb outside of boston with like 14 14 of my other teammates Wow. So that was pretty cool. We had like billet, a billet family. So like there was like four floors in the house. It was a massive house. And we kind of ran the three floors, um, three lower floors. And then the, our billet family lived at the very top floor by themselves. And they would cook us dinner. Otherwise, we wouldn't really see them that much. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a super cool experience. And there's a lot of Manitoba girls, like Ontario girls, like a lot of quite a few Indigenous players, too. Um, the Lee twins, Taylor Tom, um, Julie Elbert, uh, Shayna Moore, Sage McKay, Kerrigan Umperville. 
Um, so a couple of us who had played like team Anatoba NAHC together, we went over to Boston. So it was kind of, kind of cool to have that indigenous representation over there and kind of have that connection to home still. Did it make it easier uh, knowing that your teammates were from Manitoba well, like, did it make it easier to adjust to the, to the city and with the team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think like for a while there, like us Manitoba girls and Taylor Tom, we kind of just like stuck together because like, we just kind of like leaned on each other, not only because we we're from Manitoba, but just like being indigenous and kind of having that support. And like, it's crazy. You go to the East coast and they're still really not aware of, indigenous people and like that kind of <laughs> culture so I think we're kind of a little bit of trailblazers in that aspect we actually had Taylor on the show I think she was on episode two so we had her early on when we first started this podcast and uh I saw Taylor with Nate where did I see him I saw him at the, the Jets game uh, a couple Saturdays ago so oh, we're the Leafs versus Jets game yeah I was there oh, too. I was there too yeah <laughs> are you a Jets fan uh, I am a Jets fan, yeah. Hometown kind of girl, I guess. <laughs> Do you think they're going to make the playoffs this year? Uh, I hope so. Because, like, I th- when they when the, when the they did the Winnipeg whiteout stuff and all that, like, fun stuff, I was in Boston, so I never did get to experience it. So I'd like to experience, like, a, a whiteout party and now that I'm moving back in Winnipeg. Hopefully, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say right now, right? Yeah. Uh, who's a defenseman that you try to, uh, model yourself after? Um, I definitely think like my biggest role model, like of all time, especially for like indigenous women hockey, it's so basic, but like Bridget Laquette, yeah. I remember I played with her the, for the first time ever in like a, in a res tourney in Kenora NAFN yeah, okay. uh, back when I was like 13 or 14. And I remember like seeing her walk in and we ended up being D partners and uh, I was playing with Eagle Lake that year. So we ended up winning the whole thing. And I remember being so start struck being D partners <laughs> with Jill and like just watching her and no one wanted to block her slap shot. So yeah, she's <laughs> someone that, you know, I try to emulate and I kind of look up to you in that way. After Boston, you attended uh, University of Calgary and now you're at the University of Minnesota. How was it transitioning from like the jun- the women's junior league out east to plains uh u sports um yeah so i think i don't think that like the junior women's hockey league kind of provided like the good opportunity to like an easy transition so um i was fortunate i played pretty much every game like my first year in calgary so that was that was a nice experience and i think i kind of fell in love with like the team in the atmosphere right away so we were practicing in like the olympic oval in calgary and our head coach at the time was like daniel goyette who's like you know a female hockey hall of famer. So that was, that was super cool. And I think even being coached by her kind of helped me transition to gain that confidence of playing from the junior women's league um, up into youth sports. How's your season, even though it's a uh, beginning of the season, how's your season going so far? Uh, we're off to a little bit of a rough start. Uh, we haven't won very many games and like I've actually been out for the past six games and I'm having my first game back in the lineup uh, tomorrow night against the University of Alberta. I was playing in our second game of the season um, uh, in Vancouver. We were playing against the University of British Columbia and I got a shot like right in my finger and I ended up breaking my finger. I split the ball like right down the middle. <laughs> um, so yeah, that took me a couple of weeks to heal. So I wasn't, wasn't on the ice for a while just because I was pretty close to splitting it far enough, far further or far enough. Yeah. Far enough where I would have needed surgery on it. 
So yeah, it was all black for a while, but yeah, <laughs> I'm finally excited to be back in the lineup tomorrow night. Are, uh, are you nervous to uh, play your first game of this season? Um, yeah, like, I kind of think like after six games off, like I think like you like the first weekend we had was like the, against the University of British Columbia, and those were my first two games. And then you get injured in the second game, and then you're sitting out know, for six games. It it's not the start that I wanted to this season, but. <laughs> I'm excited, but yeah, I think the first first couple of ships will kind of just be getting used to, you know, playing again a little bit. Being a student athlete, how is it hard or how is it to juggle hockey and, and your schooling at, all at once? I think, yeah, I think it's definitely challenging, but I think once you get the hang of it, you kind of just, it just kind of comes naturally. I think like, definitely like time management you learn time management and kind of like you don't really have any time to waste it's like going from practice and workout to running to class like showering off quick like kind of that kind of stuff but I think it all like pays off in the end and for me I've always like prioritized like my education and stuff like that so knowing that you know hockey's important but making sure I focus on school as well and hockey's kind of my reward for my hard work that I do in school what is your favorite thing of being a student athlete um probably having like a team of like your like closest friends so I think like even being a transfer student like transferring from the University of Calgary coming to Manitoba it's like if you're just transferring and you weren't on a sports team or you weren't a student athlete like you'd kind of have to like make friends in class and stuff yeah. but like when you're a student athlete like you come on a team and you already have like 26 of your closest friends and I think that's like always kind of a reassuring thing like especially if you're a transfer student you know having a a family to come to at the end of the day and early in the mornings with you sports hockey do does the team supply like skates and like sticks and stuff like that yeah it kind of depends on like um like your scholarship so like when you get like an offer they kind of like oh we'll include this this and this so like you we do get our sticks provided for us and then if you signed and you um had skates included in your scholarship then you get like skates but like the rest of our equipment's provided the only thing that's kind of depends on who you are and like your scholarship money and stuff is like skates otherwise you get like the rest of your equipment covered uh i like to ask a lot most of the players this question is like uh what kind of flex and curve do you use for your twig i use a p29 75 flex 75 that's that's not bad. I know because I know a lot of players use try to go with that 65 flex. Yeah, no, I, I'm 75. No, that's not bad. <laughs> um res tourneys. Uh Freddie, you played for Cross Lake. How was it playing in such a big tournament? Yeah, that um, was insane. Yeah, that was insane. Like, that was like so much fun and like thinking like back to Boston like that team kind of brought like my friends in Boston and like those people back together so it was like us playing together again which is like super cool being able to like play with old teammates that's always fun and then like having it the first year of like the women's division and Freddie like that was super cool it's like it was a long time coming but I was, it was always so it was so much fun and like I think we we're like I don't know maybe we were the underdogs I don't know if people thought we were going to be good but I know everyone was hyping up you know Bridges team like um, yeah stayed strong there and then they beat us I think like the first game they played us and then we ended up working our way back up and meeting up with them in the championship game and we only lost to them by like a goal so like that was that was a pretty cool experience and I think we we kind of 
showed that we could keep up and we could compete. So that was pretty fun. And I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, I was at that first game. I think it was at that older arena and it was a packed crowd. Wow. Mm -hmm. What was there any nerves uh, before the game knowing that it was a packed house and it was online and you were facing a lot of like Team Canada members and whatnot? Yeah, I think there was a little bit like it was a little nerve wracking, but then it was just like it's just like so fun. Like, you know, when you get into a game and you're just like so excited and then like yeah. the puck drops and you're just in it. And I was like, well, this is so cool. Like, because even again, like, like I said, like I looked up to Bridget like growing up and like a lot of the other girls there, like when I was younger and stuff like that, like Jocelyn the Rock and stuff like that. So it's playing against like some of your childhood idols was pretty cool. And like getting to go shoulder to shoulder with them in the corners and stuff was pretty cool. <laughs> How was it playing against Abby Rock? She's considered uh, probably top five female players in the world, and she played for Sage Strong. Yeah, that was so cool. Like, I knew who she was um, just, like, growing up in Minnesota. And then even one of my good friends uh, from when I was younger, uh, Katie Kotlowski, plays for the University of Wisconsin now. So her and Abby were teammates for a few years. So I'd always, like, see, like, her highlights and stuff being shared and yeah, playing against her, like, she did not disappoint. Yeah, she was always, every time she was on the ice, she was a threat, whether she had a <laughs> or not. Like, you had to keep your eyes on her. I was just hoping not to get beat wide, but, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, she's crafty, she's nifty, she's fast, she's strong. It was, yeah, it was really, it was really cool to be able to see her play and then even cooler to be able to play against her. You played in, here in Kenora in that April tournament at the Stuart Radsky Memorial, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. How was it playing where like you played in the men's division because there was no women's division? How was it playing against men? Is it is it different hockey? It's did they take it easy on you or did they just try to take you out in the corner? Because I know <laughs> there's some guys who are really you don't know how to they, they go hard no matter what. Yeah, that was like probably like I played like boys peewee hockey like for one year when I was younger and then. I played, I think, I don't know if it was Bantam or whenever hitting starts for whenever the hitting change started. And that was like the last like res tournament my dad let me play <laughs> with the boys. I just got absolutely destroyed and like rocked. And my dad was like, yeah, no, like my dad was up in the stands like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. So no, yeah, that was my last uh, time playing the boys. So then like playing in the men's division for that tournament was I was definitely aware. I was like, kind of like doing a couple extra shoulder checks before going back and getting the puck. And like, some guys were laying the body too. Like they were, they were, they're playing their game, which I respect too, right? Like if yeah. a woman's playing the in the men's division, like you got to kind of expect that, but no, it was kind of funny too. Cause I think we ended up beating one team pretty bad. And then I don't know if it was the guy's wives or like uh, moms or something. She's like, you're letting these girls beat you. Cause it was like <laughs> Kayla Red's guy, like Kayla Gardner and a couple other of us. And it, yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. But no, that was a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> you organized the, their inaugural recon reconciliation half run marathon. Um, how important was that to you to organize such a big event? Yeah, that was, that was really important to me. And I think like, just for me, it's basically like a lot of times people want me to tell my story, but for me, it's just making sure that like my grandparents, so my Cushy Mildred and my uncle Donald, uh, they're Berta, they were, they passed on now, but they are Berta residential school survivors. So being able to share their story for them. And I don't think they ever really got the chance to, you know, with the 215 
recoveries in Kamloops, I think that opened the eyes for like a lot of, you know, non-Indigenous people across the country and the world to like, you know, like there is truth and these stories that Indigenous peoples have been telling for, you know, generations is true. So I don't think my grandparents, like they passed on before, you know, kind of like that chapter kind of opened. So like they still grew up in the time where like no one believed them when they talked about, you know, classmates going missing and being buried behind their school or, and stuff like that. So I think for me, like the event was to, you know, make sure my grandparents' stories are heard, but also, you know, provide healing and kind of, you know, education and reflection on September 30th, a day that's meant for it. Um, if you can change or implement one thing in women's hockey, what would it be? I would say like, let's get some hitting. Cause like there's some times where like some reps will like, will let you play, you know? And like, you know, there's like clean, there's like a clean rubble. Like there's yeah. like, there's clean body contact and they'll call it for checking and growing. Like I'm, I'm a pretty tall girl. Like I'm five eleven, and I've been this height since I want to say 12. <laughs> like I, I was always like the tallest, like on my teams and like growing up, I was like this height since I was like 12 years old. So so often when I was younger, like girls would like run into me and fall over and I'd get called for like checking or like hitting and stuff. So I think, yeah, adding like a physical, more physical element to our game would is something that I would like to implement. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Because when like if you watched uh, Team Canada and Team USA play in the finals, there's so much physical play. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much hitting and the ref will let yeah. it go. And I think it and those are the most like those are the best games, I think. Yeah. I found it more interesting watching the women's game than like the men's because it's it was way more chippier. Yeah. Uh, playlist. What's on your playlist before before your game and you want to get pumped up? What's uh what's on your list? Uh, a lot of Kanye West, which is might be kind of a, a hot topic at the moment <laughs> going on. So, but uh, also Drake too. Um, big fan of Drake. So. No, anything uh, on his new albums or anything like that not no really techno no techno no <laughs> in the locker room we also play too um i don't know if you heard of them but like the big booty mixes like the two friends like they're like this uh like a mash of a bunch of different songs like yeah no idea <laughs> anything like rap no country for me i know there's some people that listen to country before games but that like that could never be me gotta listen to some like rap or at least some pop or something what about like old school rock like 80s 90s rock no uh, no, that's not my thing, I guess. <laughs> um, your go-to meal then, if you were, if I said that you had to cook something for supper, what, what would you cook? Uh, I'm a terrible cook, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to improve on that, but definitely chicken uh, Alfredo. I love pasta. Pasta is my kind of, my go-to. It's easy. You boil the noodles and even if it's craft dinner or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, homemade sauce or just sauce from a jar? Oh, sauce from a jar. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would you give young players? Um, I would say it's so like cliche, but like just to have fun with it. And I think especially like if you're looking to like play like at the university level or even like further and beyond that, I think there's so much like nerves and like kind of like anxiety that comes with like oh like being recruited and like yeah like signing here and getting an offer from here and like you know stuff like that but like if you just have fun with it I think that kind of stuff will come and like when you're having fun you're playing your best and eventually like those offers will come and like you know they'll find you you know what I mean I think yeah. sometimes you know there's like 
will they find me? Like, do I have to go here, move here? Just, you know, just stay dedicated and to have fun and to keep it fun and keep it loose. Before we let you go, uh, we'll finish the interview with five rapid NIST questions. <laughs> you ready? Yep. Uh, question number one, baked or fried bannock? Fried. Question number two, ever use a bed sheet for a door or curtain? No. <laughs> no. Uh, number three, ever see Ernest Munias live in concert? Yes, he played at Freddie. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, Indian taco or Bannock burger? Bannock burger. Uh, fifth and last question. Can you jig? No. <laughs> <laughs> you ever try? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm not very coordinated in that way. I've been talking, but other than that, no, not a big dancer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trey. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. We, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've been a fan for a while, so I'm glad to be on the show. Right on. Uh, good luck. Good luck this week, and then uh, all the best. And next time you're in Kenora, uh, let us know because we have some swag, and we'll uh, oh, we'll hook awesome. you up. Yeah, for sure. I'd love that. All right. Take care, and we'll uh, talk to you again. Yeah, see you. See ya. One. Uh, welcome back from the interview. It was a good interview with Trey. Uh, she brought up some good points. Uh, one thing that really stood out for me with one of her answers that she would bring body contact into women's hockey, which is might as well. They take each other out anyways, right? Be cool <laughs> to see body contact in women's hockey. It might get really chippy and really rough. Oh, yeah. His elbow was flying and everything, and so thanks again. I uh, I looked up where she's from, and she is from okay W A M P U M. What does that spell? Wampum, Wampum, oh. Manitoba. It's it's by Sprague, Manitoba, which is close to the Manitoba Minnesota border. Wampum, Wampum. Hopefully I'm saying that right. So that's cool. I didn't know the Minnesota touches the Manitoba border. What? I didn't know the Minnesota touches the Manitoba border. What? <laughs> Even I though was, you, I thought it was just North Dakota right underneath it. Holy my god! Yeah. Didn't you? Did you ever go to War Road? Like no, I don't think so. Well, is that where Christian Hockey was made? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I drove through there. Yeah, to go to Winnipeg, uh, you go up through. The... <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you... like Walro's like two minutes from the Manitoba Minnesota border. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Wampum. Yeah, that's a that's a place. Yeah, that's where she's from. I totally forgot. Oh. So. Yeah, it's cool how her parents, her dad would drive her from Wampum to Wall Road for practice every morning. It's wow. just hockey parents are probably the most, well, sports and sports parents in general, like dedicated, committed parents in the world. Like you get up five in the morning, hockey practice, you got to fundraise for your hockey team and you got to buy all the hockey equipment and money spent on tournaments and stuff like that. So hockey parents are 
Awesome, awesome parents. Was she but, uh, playing high high school hockey down there? Yeah, she played for Warroad. Oh, nice. So that was awesome. Uh, yeah, hockey parents are freaking. I don't think they get enough credit, really, right? Yeah, you spend like twenty thousand in a year, no problem, probably if you're on a travel oh, team. Oh, easy twenty thousand, probably just in like fees in your hotels and planes, like shit. Yeah, because to drive seven hours just to go play one game. He drives seven hours. Yeah, he drives from Grand Cash. I can't remember what it's called Fort Saint John in British Columbia. Holy shit, that's far. Yeah, just for one game, and then they drive back. Yeah. But the game out there, they play 20-minute periods, three periods. It's not like here where they play like 12 or 15-minute periods. Running time, though? Yeah, two and a half hours. No, two and a half hour games. Holy man, is this guy pro or something? Flood, flood during the intermissions? Flood during intermissions and everything. That's why, yeah, it's better out there than it is here. Those Albertans are pretty hardcore. Oh, well, yeah, I'd rather have it like that than three 10-minute periods. Mm, yeah, especially with the amount of kids per team, you get at least fifteen kids on twelve-minute periods. So that's maybe what two minutes each. Yeah, because his team has 20, 20 players, four oh, lines, three lines, and two goalies that can max right out. Stab. A lot of kids. <laughs> How many kids are do you have on that team? How many brothers does Phelan have on that team? Brothers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> brothers. <laughs> uh, okay, this week's uh, Res Hockey Top 5. This past weekend, I watched one of my all-time favorite movies. So I thought, hey, let's throw this into a top five. Uh, this week's Res Hockey Top 5, Trav's favorite gangs from the Warriors. Buddy, you like that movie, The Warriors? I've, I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah, I, I liked it the last time I've seen it, but kind of wouldn't, wouldn't remember a whole lot from it. What? I freaking know, like, word for word, man. I love that movie. It has to be my top three movies of all time. Guess what my number, number uh, guess the other movie would be for my top three, Spud? Say, uh... Dumb and Dumber's got to be one of them. That's probably like five or six. But this one, you and I watched together. Country Strong? No, man. It's the other one. Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs> How's it called again? I'm forgetting. It's a movie with Bradley Cooper, uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah. What is oh, it called? Country one? Yeah. You know, it's almost like, like a country. It's a, mu- a music movie. Did you guys go to the theater and watch that? No, Spud Spud came over and we had a couple of cold ones and we got all pretty hammed up while watching it. Uh, Man, a Star is Born. A Star yeah, is Born. That's a, yeah. We're going to love that movie. I watched that too this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, Trout's favorite gangs from the movie The Warriors. Uh, number five, uh, Sean used to be in this gang. The orphans. 
thought you were gonna say something else. Uh-huh. See what you get. See what you get, warriors, when you mess with the orphans. <laughs> <laughs> just, just um, really down down the food chain, gang. They're not even on our map. At least they showed up to fight, even though they got blasted. Uh, number four, I'm sure you probably partied with some of these these girls <sighs> from the gang. The Lizzies. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say, the Lizzies. They almost took out a couple of the Warriors gang members when they took them back to their clubhouse and partied. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Still funny when the one guy just hits the girl with the, the chair and just... <laughs> KO the girl. Uh, Okay, number three, the Riffs, the biggest, baddest gang in New York. Um, Cyrus was the man. He was the the one that was supposed to lead the New York gangs to paradise, but he got shot. Uh, Number two on my Res Hockey Top 5, Tri's favorite gangs from the Warriors. Number two, Two is the Warriors. Uh, nine went to the Bronx and six came back. So uh, hats off to the guys that didn't make it back to Coney. <laughs> 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 and the number one, my favorite gang from the movie, the Warriors, is the Baseball Furies. I think that fight scene in the park was probably the my favorite uh Favorite part of the movie, just you get these guys dressed up in baseball uniforms with bats chasing you. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, damn right, I'm gonna run. So, which uh, gang was that? Um, that one there from when he has like the beer bottles. He's like, Warriors, come out to play. Oh, uh, that's hold on, like, what gang is that? Uh, The Warriors movie. That's a good question. I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called the Warriors. Watched it so many the, times. The, the Rogues. Oh, okay. Yeah, just driving around in an old nineteen fifty Hearst. <laughs> but yeah, I love that movie. Anyone else love that movie? I think it's. I think it was voted one of the top movies back in in the seventies. I mean, it has a good soundtrack and. Totally five five out of five stars on that one. Uh, did you guys watch the Florida Panthers game last night in Anaheim? Brandon Montour got two goals and two assists. He is... Huh? That was one goal, three assists. Oh, yeah, one and three. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Just shut up, man. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah. He's second in league average for minutes per game at 26 and a half minutes per game. Like, who would have thought only, Brandon Man- Montu would be so good this year? He's the, he's the only defense on that team. They kind of got nobody. And, oh, he's hurt, man, like long term. Oh, is he hurt? Yeah. And the, and the Leafs had a chance to get him. Like, how big, big of a mistake was it for Leafs not to get him now? Especially when they need a right-handed defenseman. Trade like, him for Justin Hall. Like Justin Hall's horrible, man. Send him to Edmonton. So, yeah, he's having a super year. 
and uh, he's going to get, I think he's, he'll be a free agent, restricted free agent. So he'll be getting like five mil at least. I'd pay five mil for our top end he's defenseman. Like, he's like, what, 27, 26? He's around there, yeah. Just shows you another good kid who didn't play major junior that went the college route and just stuck it out and played at University of Massachusetts Lowell. So it's good to see that like college hockey is another route if you don't make major junior hockey. Just got to put in the hard work, so... Okay, I got another questions. I'm full of questions this episode. Uh, Spud, you could go first. What does it mean when I say res tourney drama? It cost too much to come in and watch games. What about if if players are saying, I'm only going to come if I get a couple hundred bucks and my buddy has to come with us and he has to play too. And he's just horrible. He's not even compared good compared to the ringer. And he's just one of those guys that just an add on. Would you allow I was that? Always that? I was always that guy. Oh, if we win, he's not getting fuck all. Let's say. Yeah, <laughs> like, just coming and coming down the ice during the celebrations. Eh? Yeah, as a like, holy shit, <laughs> that was a good one, Spud. That made me laugh. What's res drama for you, Sean? Res hockey drama when you jump ship. Like I know so many guys that used to do that all the time, and then you would get mad, and you would. You hope you would play against them and beat them, and you just fucking just slash them. And yeah, that's what my rest drama is because I remember, well, I did that too, though. I did that, I did that once. I think the last time I did that was maybe like five years ago when I was supposed to play for dolls in a tournament. Then Eagle Lake came and asked me if I wanted to play for them. I was like, yeah, I'll play with Eagle Lake. I have a better chance of winning. And I told the guys from Dolls, oh, I'm busy this weekend. I, I can't do it. And we ended up winning the tournament. And one of the guys from Dolls saw me and said, I thought you were busy this weekend. <laughs> I wonder, uh, do guys still do that jump ship? Like, from like, I'm sure like, like small tourneys here and there, like, Tourneys are like three grand, four grand, but probably not when you're talking about like Freddie, the Freddie or the big tourney in Brandon or Prince Albert, like the big money tournaments, the body contact tournaments. I'm sure guys are not jumping ship last minute with big tournaments like that, right? It's just these little. Either you're loyal or you're getting paid well enough that you don't want to jump ship. I remember a guy jumped ship so last minute that he changed jerseys before the game started on the ice. Wow. Do you remember that, Sean? Yeah. Uh, We won't won't name names, but his name's (laughs) Nick Roulette and (laughs) JJ and I think Ivan too. They all switched jerseys on the ice and Thunder Bay during the Goodwill tournament, like right before – 
the game was supposed to start and they all took off their jerseys. That was 20 plus years ago. That was what, 20, 24, 25 years ago. It's a long time ago, but I still remember it pretty clearly. It's, it was pretty funny. It's like, wow. I mean, I'll jump ship, but not maybe I'll give them a week to let them know that I'm not going to play, but I'm not. Like a minute before game time, I'm switching jerseys. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. Like, I I played hockey last night for the first time. I don't know how long. An actual game, and I'm, I was dying though. But our goal, he is 16 years old, and they were scoring outside the red line, or yeah, from outside the blue line, slap shots on him. Do you think goalies that get cut from like house league teams should be playing men's league? Or are you even going to NATO tournaments? What how old should kids start playing with men? Uh it's it depends if they're they're strong enough, right? You're not gonna get a little scrawny kid who's 120 pounds playing with men because the men some guys don't care. Some guys are gonna intimidate this poor kid and two hand him and scare the shit out of him. I mean, I used to do it once in a while, but it it all depends on the parent, right? If you if your parent if the parent thinks the kid is good enough, then good for him. But uh, yeah. with yeah, like, it's not good enough. Like when, like Nick, when he was still playing, well, in, when he's in high school, I didn't want him to play in tournaments because I knew some guys would just take a run at him and take advantage of that he's a young guy and try to scare him and maybe try to fight him. So, I mean, I coached a team in the Stuart Rescue Memorial Tournament and we had all young kids that were like 17, 18 was the oldest. And we played, we had a Saturday night night game and we were playing against a team and half the guys were intoxicated and they were drinking all day and we played them. We were up 6-1 going into the third finals Third, third period, sorry. And the guys started taking runs at these young kids, started pushing them around and trying to fight them. And so it's, it comes down to the parents and like, do you want your kid to be pushed around and bullied like that? So, so I, I don't know. It's totally on the parents and is the kid good enough? And the kid has to be good enough if they want to be playing at a high tempo like that. Right. And at that speed and with high, like hard shots and like yeah, they're scoring from off the blue line and he was sitting deep in his net and I had to give him tell him to come out and challenge and what kind of fucking oh, teammate are you? How come you're not fucking blocking <laughs> shots, man? <laughs> yeah, it's like my first time in like five, six years, and I was just like, Oh, my legs are still sore today. It's a long ways from the heart, I tell you. <laughs> Block shots, man. No, I don't get paid for that. <laughs> Shit. What was the final <laughs> score of your hockey game? Yeah, I'm not... huh? Oh, it was like 9-3. Like that, that kid was no like that, that kid was wasn't good. I'm not gonna what, say his name. What was your plus minus? Like minus eight? <laughs> well, actually it was zero. Like I was on for none. I got like 10 second shifts. You get off right away. What kind of <laughs> league is this in Timmins? No, in uh Concord last on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Like there's a couple of junior players and midget age players that aged out. So it's like, that's not a bad league for a little town. 
That's cool that uh, um and Wiki had the Toronto Maple Leafs alumni team come to their communities and play against uh, local local niche guys. Did you go to the one in Cochrane? No, I was working, but I heard that uh, what's his name? That vibe, Rick Vibe. Yeah, he was getting upset, and then uh, they started taking it serious. I heard why. Because uh, Gordy Chopper and like them, they're just like giving him like little taps on the hands and stuff like that. And, and he turned around and gave a two hander to, to uh, Gordy Chopper right across the stick. Really? <laughs> yeah. And those guys were taking it seriously. I think they tied though, like 5 5. That's how it was a uh, long time ago in Fort Francis. We beat the NHL alumni team. They had like Brian Trotche, Bobby Bourne, Billy Smith, Dale Howarchuk, Gary Lehman. Then we beat them one year. Then the next year they came back and they brought a bunch of like better players and they just kicked the <laughs> shit right out of us. I think they wanted to prove a point that we kind of embarrassed them and they wanted to beat us and they did kick the shit right out of us. Like yeah, they, but- had, they had Jeff Algiers on the team and that guy was maybe a year after retiring, he was still pretty good. And he's he was pretty ripped. He was strong. Yeah, maybe next year I'll play if I'm off. Better start getting in shape. Hey, I start. I've been going to the gym for like a month now. Yeah, <laughs> just need to uh, go all year. I'll be next year. I'll be in shape to play for. You'll be ready to play forty plus old timers. Yeah, next year I'll be forty. Holy shit. Hey, Spud, we're going to go to uh, that morning skate. Like, there's a, like the new uh, new workers. We're going to go uh, just our gloves, our stick, and just go out in the ice. And that, you know, that morning, that morning skate they have, like at 10 in the morning. Yeah. You should come out with us. Just shin pads, elbow pads, and. No, not, no, just, just a glove, your gloves, your stick, and. Your skates. Remember that old man we used to skate with on Friday, Elvis? He used to dress like that. Oh, he yeah. Would. Growing up as teenagers, Sean used to laugh at bigger guys, chubbier guys that used to have to go on one knee and tie their skates. And or now bring their legs on the bench. <laughs> and yeah, now Sean that. is the guy that goes on one <laughs> knee and fucking ties his skates. Yeah, just sweating when you get back up from tying your skates and winded. Sean's just red in the face, just choking himself, trying to skate. <laughs> that's why I was like, I better start skating again because Aiden wants me to skate, so that's why I started playing again. Tournament season's coming up soon, so I got to get in that, that tourney, tourney shape. I'll be, uh, when I get asked to play on teams, I'll say, I'll play only if fucking Spuddy can come play with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Buddy will be coming in the room holding his bag too. Like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know who I am, but this is me. I'm a fucking award winger, award winning <laughs> singer from a dr- nice fucking drum drum group. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask you guys a question when we we're talking about the res turning drama. Have, have you guys ever heard of anybody or seen someone like walk onto a team, kind of look around? I kind of want to play with these guys, and they kind of just take off. And meanwhile, I, these guys already probably gave them like 
like gas money or something. I've never, I've never seen that, but I've heard like, like we were losing one year in Brandon, and we had to call the timeout, and a, and a guy fucking said, "Come on, guys, just fucking step it up. I can't do, I can't do all this by myself." <laughs> <laughs> and we looked at him and was like, what the fuck did this guy just say? Like, then after that, we just kind of, we didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. why would you say that? The guy has balls. Like, yeah, okay, you're a pretty decent player, but you're not still half in the bag and the guy didn't drink. So, yeah. I hated playing hungover. That's awful. Sweat it all out. Not my cup of tea. All right, gents. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with me for the last hour. Appreciate it. I don't know. I just said an hour. Thanks for uh, taking over uh, Bush's spot. We didn't miss him this week. And uh, thanks for uh, stepping up. I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedule of Watching uh, Degrassi Junior High and Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Saved by the Bell and whatnot. So I have to so, hope the Border Patrol was, was uh, kind with uh, with Bush. Yeah, shit, better not say anything because <laughs> I plan on going down to the states on the twenty fifth. I, I wonder if Bush got to cut the gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to? Not make it. <laughs> the old Steffler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We call this process milking the prostate. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Stifler>. <laughs> I'll ask Bush that next week. That was good. Yeah, boys, you guys are always welcome. You guys are always welcome on the show. Okay, I'll come on next week. Then. Any last words before we uh, take off? Oh, just have a good week, everybody. Hope you guys enjoy your week. And if there's any, enjoy your Black Friday shopping if you plan on doing it. Well, oh, oh, no, it's a month. Black Friday is like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's three weeks, man. <laughs> uh, I'm all excited for my next rotation office. I'm going to a concert. Have fun. Have fun yeah. in your Black, shop- Black Friday shopping. <laughs> Hey, would you go to Marley's game at one if you had a concert at six in Toronto? Uh, one will be over by four, five. No, it's it's, it's too far from Rico. No, Rico. the the Marley's play at East at well, where is it? Whatever it's called, Scotiabank Place, and then the concerts at the Coca Cola Place where the Marley's play. Just leave in the leave in the third, like right after the the game. Tickets are only like seventeen bucks. I would go watch a good hockey game. Watch a decent game, yeah. Do it. Do it. Just do it. All right, boys. I'll talk to you again. You guys have a good week. And uh, take care of each other. Love each other. And we'll see you next week. Peace.